0: Hey guys, Scotty Mo here. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up before the podcast really kicks in. And in case you have not watched Birdman yet and plan to after our discussion, but we wanted to let you know of some trigger warnings, uh, the big ones being sexual assault and attempted rape and also suicide multiple times throughout this movie. We are going to discuss those, uh, so we want to let you know that as well. But if you have not watched the movie yet, please be aware of that. If you have not listened to our conversation yet, which I guess you haven't if you're listening to the intro now, but we are going to discuss those and those are within the movie. So, thank you guys for listening, though, and enjoy the show. <laughs> Welcome to the Static Zone podcast, where we discuss everything you watched back when TVs had a static snow cover channel before you popped in your VHS or switched over to channel three. How did we end up here? This place is horrible. Smells like balls. We don't belong here. I am Scotty Moe. And now, is it true that you've been injecting yourself with semen from baby pigs? It's Corey, a.k.a. Tornado Jones.
1: The smells like balls things was one of my first things I took a note on. Yep, (laughs) that's
0: that's what happens here. That's what we noticed. Welcome. Hello. Balls and wiener jokes. That's what we take away from stuff. There's so.
1: a lot of those. More mm-hmm. in this movie than I thought there were going to be. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. That in mind, you know it, everybody. We watched Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. And I'm going to read the back of the Blu-ray right now. Michael yeah. Keaton delivers the best performance of his career, says somebody from the Rolling Stone. Funky. <laughs> nope. Uh, this is uh, funny, frenetic. Uh, yeah. When a has-been movie hero risks everything for Broadway, he faces harsh critics, a deranged alter ego, his estranged daughter, and a de- difficult stage star. Also starring Naomi Watts with Zach Galifianakis. Birdman blah, 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 blah. yeah, that's fine. All right, that's enough. It's it would be so nice hardly if they just yeah. the synopsis on the back of things anymore. But um, you can find this on Max dvd and blu-ray and also the amazon prime and right now i'm gonna just run through the cast because it's star studded and we're not gonna tell you where everybody's from or in or whatever there's a lot um this might be one of the better known movies now that i looked at a couple of things out of the ones we've watched i should say uh so we've got michael keaton emma stone zach galifianakis naomi watts Andrea Riesborough, uh, Jeremy Shamos, Damian Young, Natalie Gold, Edward Norton, Amy Ryan, Lindsay Duncan, and many others throughout. This was directed by Alejandro Eneritu. I might be saying his name wrong, I'm sorry. But he also did Babble, uh, a movie called Beautiful, and probably... Better known than this, or most recently known anyway, The Revenant, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, which was the movie that allowed Leonardo DiCaprio to finally win an Oscar.
1: I still think Uh, he should have got it for his Django uh, performance, but that's just me. Yeah.
0: Um, And then the writer uh, writer's... Uh, the director Alejandro, and then oh Jesus, I should have tried to say these beforehand. Um, Oof, yeah, you're yep. better at these than I am, though. Let me put some commas in here, though. Uh, yeah, Nicholas, yeah. uh, Giacobone, and Alexander Denilaris. Uh, and if we go I to bet. um, director Alejandro's awards that he's won, I want to mention these before we get in here. Uh, He was nominated for Best Motion Picture on The Revenant. He won Best Achievement in Directing for The Revenant in 2016. And then Birdman won a couple of things here. Uh, Won a bunch of Oscars, actually. Uh, Best Motion Picture of the Year, Best Achievement in Directing, Best Writing, and Original Screenplay. They were nominated for three more. The most famous movie we've watched. (laughs) Um, Well, uh, I wouldn't say that. I would say it's uh, uh, it's won the most awards for a movie we've watched. Um, now that I I do want to preface that with that doesn't mean it's for everybody. That might not even mean it's good because way worse it's movies artsy, have won way more artsy. awards.
1: Yeah, it is artsy fartsy. So if that's uh, not your thing. Uh, if, if which is funny because once we get more into the movie the the whole duality of like what people like to watch nowadays to what is actually art is what the movie is actually tackling.
0: Yep, yep, it's tackling a lot.
1: Well, it's perfect um, for this podcast.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it came out in it came out on October 14th of 2014. And if we go over to the numbers, uh in terms of uh we'll get through the 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 money it made and then where it charted. Um, but okay. the budget was supposedly 18 million dollars, uh domestically opened at 400,000 over 400,000, but then this says 42 million, so I'm not sure if 400,000 is maybe just this specific day. Um, overall, domestic, it made 42 million. International, 60 million. Worldwide, 100 and th- over $103 million. Um, Jesus. The list of its weekend domestic chart for. Jesus
1: Christ, this list.
0: May 9th of 2008. Oh, boy. 2008 was. Was that. Wait, why is. Okay, great. Well, that link didn't get updated. Awesome. I swore
1: that I did. Oh, oh, I was wondering. Like, I was like, was this the Speed Racer one? So... <laughs> okay, I
0: deleted the wrong. I deleted the wrong link. That's my bad. Let me find it real quick okay. and add it on here. Idiot. Uh, sorry, October seventeenth, twenty fourteen, was actually. Jeez, when it... the
1: budget was only eighteen million. Yeah, that's a. It's a big commercial success, which is yeah. probably why he, the director, got the spot for the Revenant, which was what two years later. Um, No, Revenant was newer than that, I think.
0: All right, let me change this link. Oops, there we go. And, yep, let's add a comment there. That's exactly what I wanted. There we go. So that link (laughs) should now take you to the right place for October 17, 2014. um, Birdman, however, did not even chart in the top 10. It was 20, so I'm going to read through the 20 first. Number one, Fury. Number two, Gone Girl. Three, Book of Life. Four, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Five, The Best of Me. Six, Dracula Untold. Seven, The Judge. Eight, Annabelle. Nine, The Equalizer. Ten, The Maze Runner. Eleven, Addicted. Twelve, The Box Trolls. Thirteen, Guardians of the Galaxy. Fourteen, Left Behind. Fifteen, St. Vincent. Sixteen, Meet the Mormons. Seventeen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that was the CG one. 18, This Is Where I Leave You, 19, Kill the Messenger, 20, Birdman.
1: There's a couple good movies in there.
0: Mm -hmm. It's not a terrible list. Another artsy-fartsy, as I scroll down a little bit, uh, Whiplash had been out at that time.
1: Oh, Um, man, if we want to talk about Whiplash, that's that's for another podcast. I will
0: (laughs) happily pass just as much as I will pass on Drumline, because that is so exaggerated. well i didn't
1: i didn't know drumline was in the cards so. no
0: it never was sorry nick cannon uh get over yourself all right once again synchronized Man. drinking of the beverages That's my,
1: the- <laughs> that, i was about to say that movie meant a lot to a lot of my friends because a lot of them were on drumline that's a it shame. meant nothing to me yeah so <laughs> no, that's
0: that's a shame because it's like uh, never mind we're not going to get into drumline uh boy um anyway
1: I'm writing the notes down right
0: now <laughs> yeah um and what i also have here that we can reference as we go is where the uh marvel cinematic universe phases were at the time of this movie since that's a theme behind it
1: so this is i mean this is when the ramp was starting i would say i mean this is phase one you are the so avengers had already one. been out yeah they, you had your first guardians of the galaxy movie had come out uh, I would say probably. I remember Age of Ultron, and then that's where like I feel like some of the filler movies were coming in, which they they eventually meant. Like the first Ant Man movie, I was like, I don't care about this movie, but of course Ant Man was very important in the franchise. So
0: yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, so that's interesting though. Like uh, at this time, I guess we'll mention it since it's in the outline right here. At the time of this movie coming out. We had already had Iron Man one, the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, Iron Man two, the first Thor, the first Captain America, the first Avengers, Iron Man three, Thor, the Dark World, and then Captain America, Winter Soldier. So that's the second Captain America, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's where we were at this point. We weren't at Civil War yet, but we were getting there. Um, And then, yeah, second Avengers was just coming up pretty soon. Uh, but so we had had three Ironmans, two Captain Americas, two Thors. So things were I ramping. don't
1: I don't know the story on why Edward Norton didn't continue being the Incredible Hulk. I, I mean, I do know that he's notoriously tough to work with. So uh, maybe that was the, the main reason reason. Probably. I don't know.
0: I could I, I couldn't even after seeing that movie, I couldn't have seen him continuing that role. He doesn't strike me as a scientist ever. I don't care. He strikes me it's as a scientist cool. as much as um, shoot. Who was it in the first Fantastic Four movie? Uh, who
1: played Reed Richards? Uh, no, 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 no.
0: The lady, his wife, the invisible woman. Jessica
1: Biel. Uh, n- Or no, it was Alba.
0: Yeah, she. Yeah. She struck me as much of a scientist as Edward Norton, basically.
1: There could be pretty scientists, that, so. Scotty. No,
0: she, she's not a good actress. Anyway, um, Birdman. This was not my first Bird time seeing Man. it. I believe this was Corey's first time seeing it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, this was around the time, this movie came out around the time I was working at video or I was working at Hastings and all that stuff. So I'd seen it on the shelves and I'd heard numerous people say, hey, this movie's super good, yada, yada, yada. I just never sat down with it. And. I wish I would have watched it sooner, because it's it's right up the lane of artsy-fartsy that I love. I think I I got, like, 20 minutes in, and I was like, I couldn't remember if this was one of the movies that was shot in, like, long, continuous scenes, but I messaged you, I was like, is this movie one fucking shot? And you were like, yeah. So... Yeah,
0: that's the only reason I knew about it. Um, I and I did not know about it when it was in theaters. I heard about it when it got released. And this was of the time that doesn't exist anymore when there is at least a space in time between theatrical release and physical at home Mm -hmm. home release. Um, So I, I learned of it and I saw, I think, like a scene of it. And I was like, I don't need to see any more. I'm going to buy this movie. And I went out to Best Buy and I bought it. I tried to find there's a. Um, i I'm holding up the Blu-ray right now. There is a, a, a steel book that's all red that I tried to find, but it just was unobtainable at the time. Um, oh, OK, but yeah, and there's some bonus stuff on here. Conversation with Michael Keaton and the director uh, Birdman All Access, which is just the generic. There is a behind the scenes camera going on. And then there's a gallery gotcha. of different photos and stuff. Um, but it's fun. The, uh, the behind the scenes stuff is, is cool to watch. Um, yeah. And then it comes with the fucking digital version as well. Hooray. Hope I can still download that someday. Um, spoilers.
1: That used to, that used to be my jam. uh... I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't buy a DVD unless it was the Blu-ray digital or Blu-ray DVD digital copy.
0: Oh, it's not even, I thought it would be like, um, I forget what the difference. Yeah, there it is. Ultraviolet. Uh, oh, I remember those. those. Yeah, that's, I don't think that exists anymore i can't remember um let's hope not yeah but this is uh it is it's it's it, it makes you think it's one long shot there are camera tricks here and there but it's still it does that to keep you into it um so this being your first time seeing it before we dive right in how would you tell someone what this movie is about even
1: though i just read it this movie is about mental illness. Okay, um, <laughs> that that is what this it. movie is about. A little yeah. bit. Uh, if I mean, because it's kind of trying to be like a. On the surface, it's like Birdman. You, so it's some kind of like superhero movie. It it's not like the Avengers movies. It is very much if you love cinematography and you love dialogue and you love Drama. like psychologically understanding a character, then this shit is right up your alley. But if you are like what the movie says, if you enjoy more of, like, the action and the, all that other stuff, this might not be the movie for you at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would also add to that if you have ever worked on a theater production ever in your life, this is also yep. for you because it is... Uh, you see all
1: the backstage stuff. Yeah,
0: it's, it's pretty true to a lot of things that go on. There are, like... Um, angular cuts and like cinematic cuts to show the passing of time and stuff. So it's not, it's not like an episode of the show 24 or anything like that,
1: but no, uh, no, no, no. You don't get the hard cut to black and then come back up. You don't get that very often in this movie.
0: Yeah. And it, and I think what attracted people to it that wouldn't be attracted to it if they knew it was artsy fartsy is like the first scene scenes, like the first scene of Michael Keaton levitating in his, uh, uh, in his the whiteys, uh, Yeah, but he's like levitating. He's like meditating, um, in, in the, uh, green room slash dressing room slash his house right now, essentially.
1: I feel like uh, he's probably he been lives. living there a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I guess to give background with that, Michael Keaton's character, Riggan Tom, Tom, is it Thomas or Thompson? Shoot. Um,
1: Thompson, I
0: believe. Yeah, but Rick character, Riggan, um, and Birdman was Birdman is an obvious play on the Batman movies where he was in Batman one and returns. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Keaton was Batman in those. Uh, They are playing off of that as if they are the Birdman movies. And he uh, did do a third one, but did not do a fourth one. Um, And with that, also, they take like the superhero. The MCU is happening in this world as well, because one of the in the first scene, he turns off an interview with Robert Downey or it's like a red carpet event thing with Robert. Downey. Yeah, something like that. Um, And as if it's not clear, then it becomes clear if you look at it long enough, the poster that he has of the Birdman movie, the title Birdman 3 is in the Iron Man font. Um, So that's there as well.
1: Well, also to any time, any time that Birdman talks, he just sounds like a Batman impression. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, but that's what they're playing off of. And the which I think is hilarious. And I'll mention this so I don't forget it later. They play off of this that Michael Keaton as Batman sort of kicked off. He didn't kick off that didn't kick off comic book movies, but that was like the first, I feel, set of comic book movies that people enjoyed and talked about beyond the weekend that they released. Um,
1: It showed that superhero movies could be successful.
0: mm -hmm. Yeah, but but even still, people were not aiming for that as much until the MCU kicked off more so. Um, But what's hilarious about that... What's funny is
1: with the the mm MCU stuff is Wesley Snipes thinks... He's kind of the reason that the Marvel franchise launched. So, sure he is. <laughs> hey, man, two out of three of those movies are actually pretty good. The third one's a fucking roller coaster of fun but is what it is. how many
0: people know, how many people walk out of that movie never seen Blade before realize like, oh, yeah, it's a comic book. That's not, they're not comic I, book movies as much as like the, as other ones are now, I think. Um, but the reason I mentioned all yeah, that definitely. is it's hilarious because, at the time of this coming out, which I kind of had to tell Rachel when she was watching it with me, I'm like, you have, because I watched this once on my own, and then I watched it with Rachel when I took notes. Um, When I was watching this on my own, I was like, oh, when I saw this as it just released, it that was cool and poignant, because, yeah, he was Batman, and then he did not go back to superhero shit. Now, he was the Vulture and Spider-Man, and now he has come back as the Batman as in Batman. the latest uh iteration of the DC whatever universe they're trying for oh
1: then it's the new flash movie yeah yeah,
0: the flash movie that has a bat a couple batmen uh johnny batman in it um so <laughs> it's funny johnny that
1: Batmans and george flashes <laughs> yeah
0: he's kind of gone roundabout and i'm sure people would argue like oh what a fucking sellout it's like okay you can't call you can't call a celebrity a sellout after the fact but That's what is kind of funny about this, because the thing that he was fighting against to be artistic, he's now become uh, in the real world. It's a little funny.
1: It's a little disheartening is what it feels like. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, a little disheartening. So that's probably why I will say I it's hard to watch this now and just forget about that, like forget about his status now. You have to like when they start to make those comparisons, it's like, okay, I need to put my brain back into 2014 when. Uh, There was no Tom Holland, Spider-Man and no attempt to the DC
1: or just think of it as not Michael Keaton and just as the characters in the movie.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I don't think that works as well for me because it it ties so much to Batman. Like uh, even the dialogue, they say, like, 92 was your last film. That was when Batman Returns was out and stuff like that. So um, but yeah, but so that in mind, this would work with no other actor
1: (laughs) as well. Um, Can we? Can we talk about Zach Galifianakis? Because yeah. I think this might be my favorite role that he's played. It's like a lot of
0: fucking hangover.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong on that. Uh, he just feels like because yeah, he's right. always like he's always like a comedy actor. So he's very like, it's not like his one show that he has where he interviews celebrities is probably one of the funniest things on the Internet that I've seen before. Between but two it's good firms. to just. Yeah. Yeah. He's still funny in this movie. He plays uh, Riggins uh, attorney. Basically, Basically, attorney he's producer his, and friend. Yeah. But to attorney, producer and best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't know how to lie to his best friend to make yeah. sure he's getting through an episode. So. Right, right. But No, he's just he's funny, but it's like he's a serious funny.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. He's all, he's he's equally about to lose his shit as much as Reagan is. But, uh, yeah. you know,
1: and probably the best I've seen him look like physically, too. Like, usually he he's, he's lost a lot of weight. Him. But Yeah. Yeah. Especially by this time, yeah, too.
0: Yes. Um, Yeah, so I mean, I have a bunch of uh, notes and things highlighted that are mostly quotes and other things to kind of lead up to scenes that we could talk about, Um, but it is... Uh, I will tell people up front if I didn't say spoilers already this is a, an anxiety induced film so if you're looking for a chill time don't put this on uh I realized that also that was hard
1: for There are about the seconds 4 times I thought someone was jumping off a building like <laughs> Yeah yeah
0: yeah it's not a chill thing but it had the it it's of the movies we watched it has the most ups and downs and the most drastic ups and downs that i think we've seen in any of, uh, of our retrospective library because there are intent there's intensity which the soundtrack only emphasizes with just a dude uh, on a jazz drum set um and which is not no. i didn't know that that was the, the the basically the score slash soundtrack to this so that was just a bonus for me as a drummer that's like the
1: only it's... thing i knew about the movie was that oh, it had a okay. very unique score Interesting. uh but before i get away from it uh uh before you talking about the score what we were talking about sorry i'm losing it already so right before the score you were talking about i don't know uh, uh anxiety nah, i lost you <laughs> Oh, no, that that actually helped. So the first thing that sets that up is so you're kind of getting the intro and you're uh, Michael Keaton's walking onto stage during rehearsal. He's doing his thing and he's just talking about how this guy's a shitty actor, like the guy that's sitting across from him and he's trying. He's he's trying to be more like that. And then just boom, a light falls on his head. And I was like, what the fuck?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: But then the movie does that so many times where something crazy will be happening and then it's just hard cut and then it goes right to the next scene.
0: It sets the movie sets you up for exactly what it's going to be real quick because it starts Mm -hmm. calm. It starts calm, but also with a what the fuck. And then it goes into okay, calm, okay, getting a little tense. Oh, this guy, then what the fuck? And then calms down again.
1: (laughs) Starts with a meteor falling to earth or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's Yeah, 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 yeah. Symbolism. Yeah. Man, And, and then you see at points. Michael Keaton's character can do paranormal things and stuff yeah, like that. So you're like,
0: related things.
1: So the whole movie, it. you're thinking, you're like, yeah, he's supposed to be, he was an actor. He used to be, you know, Bat- Birdman slash Batman. But then this super element or supernatural element is in it. And you're like, the whole time, you don't know if that super elo- or supernatural element is true mm-hmm. until maybe at the very end, I would yeah. say
0: there's a lot of questioning of that um something that I I watched a couple to refresh myself I after I watched it once I was like maybe I should look up explanations of some things in this for mainly
1: for <laughs> I got topic questions. of
0: discussion mainly for discussion ideas but because okay. I would have been fine never watching uh, people's videos on YouTube's examining the beginning or the end well the whole movie but mainly the ending. Um, but uh, one of the things throughout is that there's a slant reality going on because <clears throat> anytime something's happening that's unexplainable and like telekinetic or superpowers or whatever, uh, it cuts to a person watching him or about to interact with him. And then it cuts back and you see him physically holding or doing something. So they just yeah. see it as him losing his mind, but not so much as or him the part
1: where he was flying and then he gets out of the cab and you're like, oh, wait, so he wasn't actually flying. He was just having an episode and he's in a cab. Right, So it it's always flirting yeah. with it's real, or is it real or is it not real? And I love how the movie doesn't – at the end, I feel like it respects the audience intelligence by just leaving it ambiguous yeah. instead of being like, hey, this is what happened. Have a good day. Like –
0: yeah, the uh, the director was always interviewed or whenever interviewed, always asked, you know, what does the ending mean? And he would one of the quotes I found was that uh, the movie has as many interpretations as there are seats in the audience. And I was like, ah, oh, that's a cop out. But I understand um, <laughs> it's but it, but it's also not a cop out because like uh, I enjoy endings that have that and let the audience uh deal with it um like inception mm-hmm. and stuff uh and i know people that that's what absolutely i was going hate that because they want closure and my defense is always if there's closure then there's no discussion you don't even have to ever talk about this movie to anyone you know yeah. so it's stuff like that,
1: that another movie on. we've done that i would feel like kind of falls into that same category category is probably annihilation
0: Yeah. So, welcome to the realization that Scotty picks the artsy fartsy shit that's gonna be hit or miss. (laughs) Hey, one of us has to. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I pick I pick Annihilation and Birdman. Corey's got uh, uh, Tenacious D. (laughs) Uh, That's
1: immediately what I was going to as well. Yeah. Hey, I've I've snuck some good ones in there.
0: All of which the previous stated movies might be enhanced with a certain choice thing. Accompaniment. Beverage. <laughs> uh I was gonna say something else, but yeah. Um it's fine. But yeah, so I don't know. We can just we can jump around. The movie really doesn't. I think we're gonna have maybe a hard time actually discussing it without going in order, but uh we can do whatever. Um so, I guess yeah. we
1: could talk about scenes that we It's I don't know if I like Edward I don't think I I don't like Edward Norton's character. I, I love like
0: how quickly it builds up that he's a piece of shit and how quickly yeah. that's paid off multiple fucking times. Like each yeah. time I watch this when um, Keaton, uh, the short version of leading up to this is Edward Norton is like a known stage actor. They bring him in uh, last minute because the dude uh, had a light fixture dropped on his head. and
1: And that, that, that matters. Pay attention to that for the rest of the movie too, because that guy's suing, the, the yeah.
0: production you see that for a second which is also which is also well placed in there because it's like oh he's there in a wheelchair with an attorney that is not the most important thing going on right now and that's how emphasized it is that he's just there in a walk by you know um and a and a, and a quick phone call but uh but edward norton's character is a piece of shit And then the scene where him and uh, Michael Keaton are fighting, pretending to fight. Michael Keaton pretends to act, tells him a sob story that's not true. And then they like are talking about fighting and then he just fucking slugs him. Both times I watched this, I clapped when that happened, even though I knew it was coming The second time.
1: So it it was funny because at first when he he starts telling him like how his dad would like touch Michael Keaton's talking about his childhood and all that. And for Mm -hmm. a split second, I was like, oh, no, I was like, don't tell him this. Because Edward Norton's going to use it in an interview. And then I was like, wait, no, he's showing that he can act. Yeah, (laughs) pretty good. I was like, oh, it double got me. Fuck that. Fuck the movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then it double gets you again when they go to the bar nearby to get coffee, which is uh, liquor turns into liquor and then what you is. see that New York critic Edward Norton talks to her and they're clearly buddies and she's like a she's just a fucking crotchety bitch that writes she's a, she's a play critic a theater critic and and then later on like it, it's it's a real cool um it shows the character development of Michael Keaton's character because he knows that she's there. Edward Norton talks to her. Michael Keaton does not and like pretend she's not there because he can't deal with her yet. And then right. the next time he's in the bar, he fucking deals with her directly, like to the point Boy, that it's doesn't. like, I know this is New York and it's just a bar at night, but he probably should have been asked to be removed,
1: <laughs> even though he didn't well, when he broke the glass. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, everything was cool up until then. But then, like, even she was just like, even after that, she's like. I'm still going to kill your play. Yeah,
0: she said, uh, let's be clear, you're a celebrity, not an actor. And I was like, "Ooh."
1: Ooh, yeah, that was that that was the line that got me. I was like, yeah. "Man, there's a lot of people nowadays that need to be yeah. told that line."
0: Yeah, that's that's like one going to be continually a re, one of the most relevant lines in this whole fucking movie because it is god it is so true. Um but the uh not about his character, but about just people uh, that make too much money. Um, but that scene, yep. just the reason I mentioned that is just like, just like Edward Norton getting punched in the face, that scene is also, you, you don't think that he's going to talk to her the way that he does, and it's so satisfying that he does, and that he just, like, basically calls her out for her bullshit. Like, have you he said everything except for saying have you even fucking been on a stage to do what you are judging? You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Yeah, that it's uh, like he God. picked
1: up her notebook. He's like, did you even watch this one? Or are you just right ri- talking about it? What was yeah. he saying? He goes, these are all labels. You're just labeling everything. You're not talking about the technique. You're not talking about the creativity. You're not talking about how <laughs> she basically he also it came down to you don't lose any fucking money with the words that you say, right? He goes, right, any right. you any everybody you talk about, it affects their livelihood. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Who, boy. Oh, this is getting a little real up in here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's I've I've related to that so many different times uh, because I've been on a stage with multiple Mm -hmm. bands and stuff and like I've actually performed and it would make me so mad to see other things, other acts, other musicians, other whatever, like on a stage and then like people just having conversations when they're performing or talking or whatever. And it's just,
1: uh, yeah, not taking it, it seriously
0: drive me fucking nuts yeah and then on the other end it is equally like almost in the cr- critics point of view it is equally discerning to see people and acts and like groups and bands and whatever on stage that have not i mean you still have talent but just like how are you making money doing this when there are so many other people out there that are so much better at this like not not disgracing the stage like she said to him and stuff right. but I have felt very close to that and just felt like, like what the fuck is the point? Why am I trying to it's be on stage to- when I'm not singing? I just kissed a girl and I like it and I'm somehow not making millions, you know, like shit like that.
1: It's about, it's about who, you know, that's yeah, what it yeah, comes yeah, yeah, down yeah. to.
0: Thousand one hundred million percent. It's all about who, you know, not how talented you are. Um. So yeah, those, those are some of the better scenes. I don't know if I have a solid favorite part of this, but there is still a lot of stuff and there's, you know, the, Recovering drug addict, alcoholic, just recovering addict, basically, is his daughter mm-hmm. played by Emma Stone. Um, I feel like this is probably the movie that got a lot of people to notice her outside of comedies and things like that. Um, which is when also was hilarious. The La La Land? There is well. You mentioned that, and I was going to lead into that because they mentioned, like, who should we get before they get Edward Norton and blah, mm. blah, blah. And then after the first oh, fight yeah. between Edward Norton and Michael Keaton's character, he says, What are you going to do? Get Ryan Gosling? I'm like, That's hilarious because fast forward, and Emma Stone's been in two movies with him now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny how that all works. Yeah. So it's, I like movies that are within real life, but not enough that, um, the actors are not so self-aware and don't break the fourth right. wall, uh, basically stuff just before Deadpool, I guess, you know. But um the what's also hilarious is how he is a celebrity and he's doing this play and his head and face is on the marquee and he's walking around New York and people don't give a shit. That's very true to New York or L.A. or like any place where until later in people the movie. Just got to live. Yeah. People just need to live their life, and they don't care about because, whoever's walking around.
1: Oh yeah! What's funny is like uh, I think I remember from Gremlins Two, the new batch. Like whenever what's his the whatever what what's his name? The old guy is fighting the the Dracula fucking uh, gremlin that escapes the lab. Mm-hmm. It's just like a bunch of New Yorkers that are walking by. It's not; those oh. aren't actors. It's just New Yorkers right. being like, "This is fuck this, you, fuck your life." You fuck mean what when you're doing. the
0: the gremlin gets out of the building. And it's on the streets and attacking someone.
1: Yeah, that's the yeah. one. That's the one. That's like the like uh, a bat, is what it is. Right
0: when they're all getting their genes spliced and stuff, and that one escapes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that scene's so great. I love that movie. <laughs> so. right. I mean, and it's also. As if it's not thrown in your face enough, there are parts that are definitely thrown in the audience's face to be like, "Do you understand what we're trying to say?" And one I think of you those have
1: to it's with this kind you of movie have like, to
0: to split it up a little bit so that it's not so nonstop that you are like mad that you don't understand what's going on. And one of those parts you have to remember when, you're
1: competing with Marvel.
0: Yeah, and one of those parts is when uh, uh, Reagan Keaton's character is on a roof and he's got music going, and then someone says like. Uh, are you for real or is this a movie or something like, or is yeah. this, a, are you shooting a film? And he's like, a, a film. And, she, and the, the person who's like doing laundry on the roof, she's like, you people are all full of shit or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, which is that probably like internally, she's like, you motherfuckers had me, you had me scared for a second. So do your yeah. stupid movies. so I don't have to worry about you. You know.
1: I'm wondering, I'd have to look it up on, uh, remember when Martin Scorsese made the comment about the Marvel movies? I sure. wonder if that was... When I think that not? was after this movie. True. But uh I wonder if they purposely put him in the movie since this movie's already kind of Oh, maybe. poking fun uh, of the Marvel franchise. I well, they put know. his name in the movie and I think uh I like when there's they a character that Scorsese. The audience. Though. Yeah, uh, Martin Scorsese. But at one point when they pan across the room there is someone that is dressed up like Martin Scorsese. He just doesn't oh, have really? like a lion or anything like that. Yeah, apparently that's okay. what the trivia says. So.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, all to be taken with a grain of salt since it's imdb but
1: well it's just the internet in general so Mm
0: -hmm. um yeah i don't know i mean that could have been i'm sure he oh i mean we're into phase two of marvel i'm sure he would have been quoted by then we're like eight or nine movies fucking deep into that universe yeah that was probably by then avengers had
1: already come out which everyone was like this is the best movie ever and other directors Mm -hmm. were like god damn it (laughs) yeah i mean that's
0: You know, that's like people saying like, ah, Blink-182 is the best band ever. It's like, oh, God, they are not like Travis Barker is (laughs) one of my biggest drummer inspirations. But I will happily sit here and not defend that Blink-182 is like the best live band you'll ever see or anything or There's
1: always one person. There's always one person that everybody knows that likes the Beatles a little too much. Yeah,
0: they uh, I'm not going to say my piece on the Beatles. Nobody cares about that right now. But um.
1: And I've gotten two out of those uh, uh, two of those out of you. This podcast <laughs> It's like, ah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, let me look at my highlighted parts here, unless you got some quotes or anything that you. Uh, the only
1: uh, quote that I wrote down was the smell like balls one. Uh, there were definitely parts of the movie that threw me off, like the first time we see the final scene of the play and he shoots himself in the head. And I was like, <laughs> oh, 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 OK. And I was like, ah, that's. There's so many parts in this movie that could be foreshadowing to a character killing themselves. Yeah, and it 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 keeps me on edge the entire movie because I'm just like, oh god, uh, Edward Norton's gonna walk out on the balcony one day and Emma Stone's not gonna be there because she's gonna be on the pavement below or mm-hmm. something like this, and I'm like, fuck. Also, I guess okay, she's in rehab. You can't have any drugs whatsoever because he Michael Keaton catches her smoking weed. Mm-hmm. which after that scene, I love, he just takes it and just lights it up and smokes it as soon as she leaves the room. Yeah. Cause man, that tongue lashing she gave him was brutal. That is, uh, that was um, the
0: reality. Yeah. That was the reality check. And basically also how I feel about social media, <laughs>
1: but that is the reality. Check. Oh yeah. Cause Michael Keaton, for people that don't know in the movie, he doesn't embrace, he like, he doesn't even have a Facebook. Like that's how which, off the grid that's, he is. That
0: is that, Totally ages this movie that a Facebook page even matters right then. So, but yeah, true. Uh, it is true.
1: Yeah, she lays it out. Uh, ten, and basically, ten says years like ago it would have been MySpace.
0: Yeah, she she lays it out and says like you want to be relevant, but you can't be because you also don't want to be relevant on the things that make people relevant. At that point,
1: you so. want to be relevant in your own way, and it's not working. So, yeah.
0: you want to be the indie artist that's recognized almost. Um,
1: yeah uh, Edward yeah. Norton dashing his dreams as well oh, from whatever. his hero
0: right yeah which is which is funny and also like yeah that could that that could have been true but that was still his moment um and there there's the scene where up until this point you feel bad for Michael Keaton's character and and Riggin's like struggle to make this mm-hmm. play happen and and make his name known again up until when he's telling his ex-wife who visits his dressing room after the second preview? I don't know, one of the previews. Um, yeah. Uh, and what this movie does really well is it has the previews for the play, which what happens is that's like um, kind of a dress showing and then just or a, like a people kind of watching as the play is getting made before it's actually debuting. So sometimes it's a yeah. dress rehearsal, sometimes it's not. It's to make sure, just feel out and feel because it's a Usually different energy when la- you have an audience, any performances. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Usually that last preview is probably, like, the best one, because it's right before the opening night.
0: Yeah, everybody knows their shit. Cues are known, light, sound, and everything's should be good to go. But uh, his ex-wife is there after one of the previews talking to him, and then he tells the story of, like, how he the first time he thought he was going to die was in a plane crash, and he knows that George Clooney was in the plane as well, and it's a rough ride, and then all he was thinking is, the next day his daughter's going to find out he's dead, but by seeing George Clooney's face on the newspaper instead of himself and at that point you're like wow that's not the way to think and i feel so much worse for you now but also kind of hate you a little bit that that's your drive right now so i think at that point yeah that's a part in the movie where you go one of two ways with your train of thought either you've given up on Reagan, or you're like all right, let's see where this pans out because I'm still kind of fighting for him, you
1: know. He might, yeah, he might have. Uh, well, it's human nature to want to root for the underdog, but right. when you notice that the underdog is kind of a piece of shit, it's kind of a little bit harder to root for him. Yeah. So
0: he's just not as openly egotistical piece of shit as Edward Norton's character. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, that's true, man. And then the the very first one is when he's drinking real gin during the first preview, and yeah. he's drunk. Yeah, and like just ruins the show, basically.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he's
1: like, it's a first preview. No one gives a fuck about the first preview. But you're yeah. just like, oh, this is what this is going to be. This is going to be this very, very hard to work with character, which apparently, again, that's supposed to be how Edward Norton actually, like his character in the movie be. is supposed to be a small portrayal of his character a little bit, I guess, in real life.
0: Yeah, it might be. But um, but I do like how it, it does a real good job of showing you scenes from the play without showing you the whole play and without making it boring because we say we see the same like three like two scenes, scenes from the play yeah. roughly three or four times to the point that mm-hmm. we know it you, as the audience you know it well enough to know when something's not right or so far wrong that it you know mm. um that you start to worry but even but it's great because by the time he walks around the whole theater in his underwear and comes in, it's like, oh, this actually works for the play in a fucked up way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, the thing is, if you start noticing the final scene of every preview night and of opening night is completely fucking different. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and is, this which is one what one people was just
0: thrive like, for in a lot of plays now and musicals and different shows and stuff and like going to see Rocky Horror and things like that, you know? Right.
1: Well, what's funny is because you're like, oh, man, this bad thing happened to him. But it's because he went out for a cigarette because he was mad that his daughter was making out with Edward Norton's character. Like he kind of you're like, you feel bad for him, but he brings a lot of it onto himself. Yeah. But then he gets rewarded out of it because out of that inadvertently, he embarrassed himself, but also became started becoming social media famous.
0: That's the hence why it's uh, a a newspaper headline, but also the other title of this film, the unexpected virtue of ignorance, because like, yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a, I mean, there's so much, Oh my God, we could, I didn't realize, <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't realize what we'd be doing getting into this. I just really like this movie and like picking this one. I you got two probably. hours. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause, Cause what I was going to say is this, the scene where he catches Emma and Edward Norton being flirty is like, he's pissed off about that. But he has zero right to be mad about that because he's exactly. so uninvolved in her life and so absorbed in his that, of course, you're not going to notice who your daughter's seeing or whatever, you know.
1: Also, he's fucking one of the actresses in his play. So,
0: yeah, which is yeah, which is that was a whole ooh. whole
1: her introduction too. scene was whoo that was like crazy. Well, also, that in also, that also scene-
0: the picture. per I'm sorry, I interrupt you. Go ahead.
1: Well I was going to say that that her scene and her character kind of sets the tone for the play because you're just like oh she was like I'm pregnant but I'm not pregnant you're like this movie's all over the fucking place and you're like yeah. so is she and you're like but, and then she's a little bi curious, apparently. Yeah. So
0: I think she's just horny
1: is the thing. But uh, everybody's horny in this movie.
0: Uh, yeah, every time like a scene like that, and then the scene when she started making out with her co star. Each one of those scenes, I just turned to Rachel. I'm like, that's theater, baby. <laughs> I don't mean it's a stereotype, but a, it, right. it's a lot of you know, um, it's a it's a lot of extremities like that. But but that. Also there's so many different scenes like that in this movie that are the perfect like that's how this movie is going to be buckle mm-hmm. up because uh she tells him he's pregnant he's clearly not happy she's not happy that he's not happy they hug they start to kiss and then they leave and in the background is just a stagehand that was like um uh, untangling some wires hi yeah
1: <laughs> Just well, just it, well, even her, <laughs> even her, it feels like she's transitioning, transitioning you into the next scene yeah. where she's just like with the way she's acting when she's walking up the stairs, she's acting really goofy. And let's be honest, that, fucking batshit crazy.
0: That that part t- the second time watching this, I was like, that kind of takes me out for a second. But it's also it's a like, little too hard. Yeah. You just saw the craziest character in this scene. So, of course, you're going to follow her as she just suggested you should. You know what I mean?
1: Lots of that, too. That's how the. that's how you're able to do a continuous like long, long, long scene is you follow mm. someone that's leaving the scene. Right, 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 right. Um,
0: I think it's it's weird. But one of my favorite moments is when those transitions happen and it's literally just the hallway and you have to listen to the background. Um, you listen to the from,
1: applause and then it gets quiet.
0: Yeah. Aside from finally noticing that, yeah, that rug is from The Shining. You do kind of just zone out and think like, "I need a breath as well." You know, <laughs>
1: that, this movie is very much because I didn't realize how how often movies will do that cut to cut to another scene that's happening or fade to black, and you get a minute of, "Oh, okay," I get a mm-hmm. second to digest that scene to get ready for the next one, and this one is just fucking go, go, go.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because it I, it just made me think of. Um, Fox giving shit to uh I can't remember Joss Whedon for the pilot episode of Firefly because that mm-hmm. pilot episode is like almost 90 minutes and there are multiple it's times where yeah, there are multiple times where it just cuts to black and Fox would be like you can't do that. You can't cut to black and not have it be a commercial. You have to keep going. And it was like it was kind of a nice fuck you, but at the same time it's kind of poor cinematography that you can't find a way to transition, you know, but but this movie does yeah, that by just that's where like the art holding comes still. In. Yeah, this movie does it by just holding still on something for a second, and um, I think it does it well. I think I will again warn people: like if you've got kind of if you're kind of a tense person and just not in a good headspace, don't watch this if you want to relax and zone out, because it will only heighten your anxiety. <laughs> to be honest with you,
1: and I mean, the drums it's drums kind of
0: a... do that more. The drums behind everything, which I sort of loved when it. Did that. I love when they showed the drummer, too. That was really cool. They didn't have to do Yeah, that.
1: he got he got he got shown like three or four times.
0: Yeah. So and speaking of like sounds and things, um, I found the second time watching this, I was turning up and turning down the volume because anytime the Birdman yeah. character in the costume would talk, it was just too loud. But like I realized it then because like uh, I will supposed say to be like that. I will, Yeah, I will say that Rachel did not like this movie, and, and I completely understand it. And I, she said it was too depressing, and I was like, oh, it was depressing? Like, I didn't even understand that it is a depressing movie because I enjoyed it Oh, yeah, it so it's a much. very
1: depressing movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, so maybe be warned about that. Um, I'll put in at the—oh, shit. I might edit this, actually, and put in at the beginning trigger warnings because it does have a lot of hard trigger warnings in it. I should have said at the beginning of this episode. That's um, true, yeah. Because it does have it does handle a lot of harsh thing a lot of it does handle a lot of harsh thing But what I was saying with the this volume is not of the Street movie, Fighter
1: the animated movie So no
0: not at all, which is kind of also why I picked it because we've been on like an anime goofy fun Time non-stop kick
1: Yeah, to um, bring us back down to reality. So I guess so.
0: Yeah I had to slap you and tell you life sucks again, but the volume when Birdman the character is talking he's so loud to further emphasize how Riggan cannot get him out of his head because he's mm-hmm. so loud over real life itself and just not yelling, but he's just doing that Batman voice. Uh, and I was like, ah,
1: bipolarism I, a little bit yeah, schizophrenia which is
0: good and horrible at the same time. But I, most of his lines are great too. You know,
1: every time he calls a motherfucker, how he says that and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's just, I mean, good. it's it, Michael Keaton's great when he gets angry and that whole character, Cause it's just Michael Keaton doing a Batman voice, pissed off. Like,
0: <laughs> it's a separate actor. It's
1: oh, is it Michael, really?
0: Michael Keaton does not voice the Birdman. in this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because they had so a it shows
1: you how much I looked up.
0: If you watch the behind the scenes, you can see that it is a, a different actor behind him, following him and saying those things to him, and then eventually they gotcha. throw him in the okay. suit and he's following him walking down the street and everything. So.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. I mean, I. It's. Like I said, it's a it's a very depressing movie. It tackles different types of mental illnesses. I would even say like uh, no, or not Norman Reedus uh, Edward. Norton's <laughs> that's character, not Edward. Him at all. Yeah. Sorry. Edward Norton's character. Uh, I mean, that's dealing with someone that has. Uh, what is it being too naive, not naive, but vain and just mm-hmm. loving themselves, but also talking about like how they're only themselves like they're not a fuck up when they're on stage. Like yeah. whenever they're on stage, like that, everything they do up there is one hundred percent real. And then everything else outside their life is just all fucked up because he's fucked yeah. up. Like, give me, don't give me, like, there, he, him, and that other lady were sisters and brothers and sisters, right? Uh,
0: what? Who was what?
1: Him and the other actress.
0: They were they were dating. brothers and
1: sisters. Oh, were they dating? I thought they she were brothers they and sisters. They share a
0: vagina. When?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. No, there, holy me off. crap,
0: what did you think about that bedroom scene then?
1: <laughs> That's why I thought it was really, really bad, but now yeah. it's not as bad as I thought, but it's, it's still fucked up.
0: Yeah, it's still triggering because it's he's a piece of shit. Um, but then yeah.
1: Boner right afterwards.
0: Oy, yeah, that was good for a laugh, but also horrible at the same time
1: um i do like how michael keaton just looks down he goes huh and then looks up yeah. and just keeps going with the scene what do you say what do you say he goes you don't get hard on my stage unless i tell you to get hard on my stage that was
0: <laughs> pretty good yeah because there <laughs> is a, a lot of quote. shit going on like that because he also he said because uh Edward Norton said um, he's like my boner just got 300,000 views and Michael Keaton's rebuttal was like a cat playing with a dodo gets more views than that
1: online yeah, idiot yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> again so. if you love movies with good dialogue you're going to enjoy this movie <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that whole but uh, I was going to say before we get away from it it's like I I related too much almost to Edward Norton's character saying that he's only real on stage because like for myself playing drums <laughs> yeah I'm such an uptight and intense and like passionate person but like the only time i can really let go of everything is when i'm literally on a drum set Ugh. on a stage because i kick the shit out of them i play too loud and too fast but it's what i do and <laughs> like that's the only time that i can really just release everything and not do like not punch a wall or something so that might sound a little right. darker than i mean for it too but it really is like the best stress reliever relatable I've yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's the, the same best stress reliever kitchen. I've ever found in my life. Yeah, exactly. You're going to take a cleaver to something but not a person <laughs> in the most uh, exaggerated sure. form of explaining that. Um, true, true. But there's uh, – no, Speaking of food, holy fuck, when he grabs the coal cut out of the fridge and just <laughs> shovels it into the thing of mayonnaise, I was like, fuck, now I remember college. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, the mustard. I, he just pulled out the lunch meat and I was that like – That was
0: so you – know? I loved that whole scene because that was just – if that was not the cherry on top of how unstable he was, because like he almost like there were so many times where people almost died, it felt like. And then he's just yeah taking out a fucking slice of uh, Oscar Mayer, wrapping it around his hand, shoving it into mayonnaise or something and eating just that. No bread. i been there. No time for bread. I've,
1: <laughs> I've, I've taken some lunch meat, just dipped it in some Dijon mustard. I, I yeah. feel him, man. But yeah, then I like that scene right after that with uh, with Emma Stone where she's like, oh, this." she's been writing on this toilet paper and you're like, what the yeah, fuck is just
0: this? drawing dashes on the toilet paper. Yeah, and, like, and it equals what? A
1: thousand years of the Earth's existence. And she tears off one sheet and she goes, this is all of humanity. And then he just wipes his mouth with it and forgets. And she goes, dad. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and,
0: yeah, he he feels real bad and then he's like, oh, there it goes or something like that.
1: He goes, <laughs> like well, as well, easy as that. Either she or he said, uh, humanity wiped out in one instance or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, you get in, in between the fucking seriousness and the mental health and the health issues and all this other stuff, you get glimpses of humor and you get glimpses of hope a little bit because you're like, hey, all this shitty stuff is happening and, and he is mentally unstable, but like he, his play is successful. Mm hmm. Like yeah. it's making money, like, and all that, but it's just like seeing everything that happens like it's not all happy go lucky to get a production like that going, yeah, but it also yeah. shows like how society doesn't give a shit about people's mental illnesses and it only cares about the fucking regurgitation of everything in its face, nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. we want to get on that topic, we can go on that topic as well. So
0: oh, we're good. I don't think uh, I think if this movie came out today, it would have to be 20 minutes long <laughs> for anyone to absor- try to even try to absorb it. You know what I mean?
1: But, well, what's uh, crazy is I was going to be like this movie didn't come out that long ago and it's nine years ago. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Almost like, 10 oh, years, great. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Um, let's see. I'm going to. Yeah, we could. What's crazy is we could really. This could be the shortest episode or we could turn it into the longest episode of this podcast but uh, I'm going to I think we're holding my, like, back purposely, so yeah there's some intensity that uh is we're not discussing but you've got to see it for yourself even everything we've just described you still have to see how these scenes play out because it's 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 magical how it's, fucked up everything is um,
1: It's a movie that is cinematography like it is cinematically a beautiful movie so if you enjoy cinematography and you enjoy uh, whippy dialogue and like really like I mean what's funny is if you enjoy actors acting you will like this movie yeah so.
0: yeah. this is uh, it's funny because it's a great example of how um, shittily movies rely on CG and action and bullshit to have that instead of actual acting because it it threads the needle by having that happen most of the time mm-hmm. the opposite of that having happened most of the time and then it shows like just a glimpse quick glimpse of what an MCU Birdman would be and it's like oh yeah shit that's every Marvel movie ever and you know and then it goes well, back to
1: him cawing for a second well even at the even at the beginning of the movie where you see him levitating while he's meditating mm-hmm. they did it you can tell that he was just sitting on something that they grease screened out and I wonder if they did that purposely to make it look shittily for the theme of the movie
0: uh, I don't know I don't I don't I think if you ask someone th- that question nine years ago, they'd say, no, I thought it looked all right. But now I would say,
1: yeah, maybe. Oh, I I, again, nine years ago, maybe the CG wasn't as good as it was now. So
0: yeah, things are jumping quicker now.
1: That's a damn lie. Avengers had already been out. So Uh,
0: well, but did this have Avengers budget? You know,
1: no, it only had 18 million, which is yeah. surprising with how many big stars are in this movie. Goddamn big change. stars. Yeah. Well, like I, I say big stars Faces. in quotation marks. <laughs> non, there's not any, there's no MCU cast in, in this movie because you would feel like this would be, oh, hold on, Norton was MCU, sir. Well, yes, but very yeah. briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I was going to say was normally during when all these big Marvel movies were happening, you had the Marvel actors and actresses going off and doing other movies, and it's refreshing to not see them in this movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it even makes reference to uh Jeremy Renner Jer- or I never get his Jeremy last name right. Yeah. Renner, yeah. Because... They put him in a
1: cape too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, they lead to that. Yeah. Which is funny because most of the Avengers don't even wear capes, but yeah. <laughs> no. Um
1: they don't. Yeah. Good stuff. That's real funny. But no, yeah, it's very like I said, first time viewing it, uh <clears throat> I would definitely sit down and watch it again. Hallie didn't watch it with me this time, but I don't know <laughs> He didn't really enjoy Whiplash, and I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that this movie and Whiplash are the two. That one's way more intense than this. It's a little more over the top. Like this movie is I going to say there are parts of this movie that are over the top, but it's done tastefully. But like there's some parts of Whiplash where you're just like, all right, I liked that movie, but it's Mm -hmm. still it's very, very intense. So, yeah. It but stands to I enjoyed name. it. I would watch this again, but only certain there's certain people I would recommend this to you being one of them. So
0: I had to, you know, what was funny is and it, it kind of just happened this way that um, I the first time I watched this was on a weekday. <clears throat> I'm sorry, didn't get the mute in time. You're good. but First time I watched this was on a weekday and Rachel uh, was going to a rock show that. I was not going to. So I I just had the place to myself and we were right in between um, grocery runs. So Mm -hmm. there was not like anything that I could really prep myself in terms of food. So as a result Uh of that, I was eating my shitty raviolios from a can and a peanut butter sandwich. And like I had a beer and I was like, you know what? This is actually the perfect meal for this movie because it's like I didn't mean to. But I was what's it called? Um. When characters get too much into method, it was also almost Me, oh, method yeah. eating method because acting. it was like, God, this is like a fucking college meal. And that's basically the food that uh, Michael Keaton's character is surviving on right now is just a beer. You and whatever cold cuts could, are in the fridge.
1: You could have got hey, no hold on. If you put it on a board, you can call it a charcuterie board. It's all right. You could fancy it up right charcuterie yeah. boards are just adult lunchables always remember that yeah that's all thousand,
0: they are a so. thousand percent um so it was kind of everyday that, man it was kind of funny that it happened that way but also perfect because it, it took me back to not 2014 mm-hmm. specifically but it took me back to when it was it was just like i didn't make food whatever I'm it was like this. you were in
1: the, a theater kid like yeah. you might have been on that production just living in the theater the entire time eating you know standing up and running around Gargo. he's just there's part in the, in the movie where he's just like sleep yeah i don't really do that much anymore like yeah.
0: <laughs> not really sleeping at all and yeah it was pretty good that whole his monologue there was pretty good too because it was like if you hadn't been paying attention just shut up and listen because he just summed up the movie for you well also uh, at the
1: end of the movie where you think because uh i mean all right we've already we've already let's said get spoilers. into it
0: do we want to talk about the ending
1: so the ending as throughout the entire movie, you think someone's going to kill themselves and you're surprised. No one has at this point, because you learn of, uh, Reagan. He's tried to kill himself multiple times and you're just like, Oh man, he's going to do it on stage. It's opening. Like he's going to yeah. like do it all that. And you see it and you see the gun. I was hoping, I was hoping they would have made some kind of indication of Edward Norton seeing the gun and not seeing the red tip of the, in a different manner. This time. Did he okay I was yeah. trying to pick up on like I was waiting for them to like switch to his eyes or something or he like looks down and notices and you're like oh uh, hold on been, a minute
0: if this wasn't a one shot more artsy fartsy than it is yeah if it was less artsy fartsy it would have zoomed in you would have seen his sweating brow for a second for to really throw it in your face but you know yeah uh, so, but also but, when uh, that's happening everything else in the background is blurry and the focus is only on Riggan when he has the real gun
1: that's true. Uh, so you think he shoots himself? Nope. I guess he only shot his nose.
0: Shot his nose clean off, basically.
1: So sure. But that made him even more famous. Yeah. But then you're like in the, when he's in the hospital room, you're like, he's going to jump out this window because he's attained what he wanted. Something. And if be- he goes out.
0: Yeah. Before we get to that, I want to mention the second time, because the first time they make it very obvious that the uh, the theater critic walks out of the audience while everyone's mm-hmm. giving a standing ovation. And I was like, OK, I know where she's sitting now. The second time through, I watched just her in that scene as she mm-hmm. was still sitting. And so even though you're not seeing her expression, you can see that she doesn't take her eyes off the stage. And she's like, OK, he come on. They just added a bigger blood pack. Wait, he's not getting up. Yeah, Wait, he's actually missing his nose now. I'm she got out the of
1: fuck here. out of there. Yeah, yeah she's like, ah, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I think that was kind of her like realizing is this real? I think it is real. I think it's not. I think it is. I think I need to go write this down. So
1: Well, I um, was waiting for that audience to like stop and like someone just like lo- like the the panic set in, but they didn't record that cuz you're just like, "All right, we're just going to cut to the hospital scene." And what's funny is the second time uh, Emma Stone brings flowers to her dad, again they're the wrong ones, but this time they're lilacs. Oh yeah. Which I guess.
0: yeah, I forget like what he wanted.
1: I, I forget. Well, what was f- What's funny is lilacs were used to, like, cover the smell of dead people. Oh, so is that? That's,
0: okay, interesting.
1: They're definitely... You don't want to bring someone lilacs in a hospital, specifically. Nice. So, but <laughs> everybody brings like roses, like, hey.
0: and he hates them, so...
1: Well, he likes... What was it? The one with the A? Something... I can't remember what he said in the beginning of the movie. Like, the As flower he told you to get. No, I don't know. It is not that. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but, no, so, uh, like I said, what well, first ex- viewing, I Maybe enjoyed Maybe we
0: it. should um explain the ending map it out a little bit so we can talk about it then because the the final show we mentioned he uses a real gun blasts his nose off and then the movie has a hard cut no Mm -hmm. longer one shots like it has been shows things happening and visions and it's like oh i think he's seen his life flash that's what it wants you to think for a second it's letting him see his life flash before his eyes. And then there's tons of symbolism everywhere thrown in your face. Dead jellyfish on the beach. Um, God, yada, 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 the jellyfish
1: then,
0: Woof. Yeah. And then cuts to him or it doesn't cut to him. It cuts to a, a ceiling vent in the hospital. The most mm-hmm. boring thing possible. Um,
1: well, that's what and, you'd be looking at when you first woke up. So, right.
0: And then his ex-wife is there looking out the window. Uh, and I forget what happens exactly after that. But basically, Zach Galifianakis comes in.
1: No, you're, and, yeah, that's right. He says, comes in and he's just like, let me see him. He's got a newspaper
0: and he says, I uh, thought I lost you, buddy. And then kind of leans into you're on the front page. And his ex-wife is like, are you fucking kidding me? That's what you're it shows that right now. He's a piece but of shit, too. She says, that's what you're here for. But then she's like, oh, man, you're right. And then she's just as much a piece of shit as everybody else yeah. for a second. And yeah. then yeah. Um,
1: human nature.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, And it has the the secondary name of the film, The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, uh, is on the front page, and it talks about him, you know, real blood, fake blood, metaphysical symbolism, whatever. Blood,
1: sweat, and tears went into the production and all that. Yeah.
0: The whole time, this whole scene... Um, Rachel's like, oh, they're going to turn to him and he's going to have a beak instead of a face. He's going to be half bird now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm
0: like, all right, honey, we had just watched Terminator 2 and it was her first time seeing it. And I've like kind of in- not introduced her to the action genre, but before us being together, mm-hmm. she never cared about action movies. So like she finally watched Terminator 2 and was literally calling what was going to happen almost scene for scene having never seen Terminator 2 before it was kind of hilarious. Um, I don't know
1: if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs>
0: well, I kind of had to say like it, you had to, Just in 92, this or one or whatever, like this was the action film. We hadn't seen everything else
1: that you had seen. You know, it was a blockbuster hit of the summers. Oh, that's it's so weird to like meet someone that's never seen that movie and to have their first impression of it. Yeah,
0: it was like I feel like it was probably the same way I saw Shining for the first time where I had essentially seen the movie, having not seen the movie through pop culture references. Um, That's true. But that mindset turn made her had her think like he's gonna have a beak. He's gonna be a fucking bird man for camera, real. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. But no. But the camera does pan to him, and he's just he had the He's got um, uh, uh, bandages and everything on hat on on the upper on the upper hat. He looks like Batman, but with white fixtures or the, of black, the Phantom of the
1: Opera. Which if you were sure. in a lot of the parts throughout the movie, you see the flyers for Phantom of the Opera, and you're like, oh yeah. See, that's it's a little bit in of this in New York. Stuff. Right. Yeah. This I see the symbolism here. Like yeah. they even tried to make his mask at the end, but then like you, Symbology. you get the face reveal. You get the face reveal of his nose, and you're like, oh, Woof. it's it's just it's doesn't it look like? Because at least at something you figure you, it it would be a nose that looked like a beak or something like that, mm-hmm. like or something. No, it's just like it's just flatter. It's actually the opposite of what a bird nose beak would look like. So,
0: yeah, it's kind of it's it's a rough nose job. And
1: then you get just get you get a scene of Birdman on the toilet where he's just like, goodbye, fuck
0: you. Well, Well, we're kind of skipping ahead what I'm going to bring up in big discussion points for the symbolism here. But uh, before that, because uh, Zach Galifianakis and his wife talk about the newspaper And then Mm -hmm. the press comes in and Zach is like, get the fuck out of here. And they keep the one camera shot. Now they're maintaining that now again um, because they go into the hallway and it's all the uh, paparazzi and shit. And then through the elevator comes Emma Stone's character and back in says bye to mom. She leaves and it's just Emma Stone and him brings them flowers that aren't roses. And they've essentially rekindled their relationship because she took a picture of him posted on Twitter. You've got all these followers. You're everywhere. He's his it's,
1: social media manager. Basically, yeah,
0: it's what you wanted. And then like she lays on him on. She lays her head on his chest and she's happy. He's happy. She actually loves him and he can be happy that he loves her now. And like his wife, his ex-wife cares about him. She was there. Yeah. Oh, and here. yeah, closure for him because he's gotten everything he wanted, essentially, to be loved and also to be recognized. And then she leaves to go get him a vase for the flowers And yeah, he goes into the bathroom, uh, sees Birdman on the shitter. Uh, This scene's great. There's no dialogue. Well, but you watched it with subtitles, I assume, again, right? Yes.
1: So you do hear him murmuring a little bit to Birdman.
0: Yeah, I didn't even I remember not catching that the very first time I watched this because now I do watch things with subtitles. So you see him say to Birdman, uh, bye bye, fuck you. uh, So
1: that's when I was like, oh. He's going to kill himself like he's going to jump out the window. Yep. He sees the birds and all that goes to the window, steps on the window ledge
0: and the camera pans away. You don't see how he exits the window exactly or how he exits the ledge, I should say. And Emma Stone comes back, looks around, doesn't find him, looks down, doesn't see him, looks up and smiles. End of movie.
1: So that's the part where I'm like, where was he a superhero for real? Like, what's going on here?
0: Hell yeah so and that's
1: why i like the movie it didn't pan oh, to good. him being like uh in the birdman costume or anything no like that. yeah yeah you know. it yeah. was just a per- perfect ending like it just to close oh, a movie okay. like this out i mm. felt like it was like i didn't need to, that was what i was afraid of was like it was either gonna end too happy or it was gonna end too on the nose and too, it did end happy which yeah. is fine but it was left sort. completely. Well, it open-ended. ended with a
0: smile. Let's not say it ended happy. It ended with a smile.
1: It's still pretty <laughs> fucked up. You still see like the like oh all this is just the, the issues haven't been solved.
0: Right. Yeah. They're well, just like
1: yeah. a band aid has been put onto it right now. Yeah.
0: If anything, they've been heightened. But uh, mm-hmm. the um, the uh, the 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 audience it, it doesn't end. We've said this on multiple when we discuss multiple movies it ends in a respectful way towards the audience yes it doesn't throw anything in your face. It respects it, the well,
1: audience's intelligence.
0: Yeah. It does throw stuff in your face, but it doesn't at the same time. So, um,
1: yeah, it throws a lot at you.
0: So I, uh, I did, I thought I mentioned earlier for the sake of discussion, I looked up people's interpretations of this. Um, there's mm-hmm. so many videos online of people talking about just the ending or the whole movie or the symbology or whatever they want to talk about with this thing. Um, and and that was also when i learned that it won so many awards because to me i feel like this is just in the same club as annihilation still to me i feel like somehow no one has seen this thing even though it's won so many awards because i've like never i've mentioned it to people before and no one's known about it like even my movie friend i don't
1: well friends, i've don't had know, a lot of my you know. a lot of my movie friends like we we've known about birdman and it just feels like it feels like birdman's a li- was a little bit more popular. Then annihilation, annihilation flew the fuck under my radar. Oh. I didn't know anything about yeah. it. Birdman, I at least knew existed.
0: Mm-hmm. When did do we? When did annihilation come out? I forget. Twenty nineteen. Mm, no, was it, it was, that
1: recent? It was one of our. It was really close to when we first started the movie, or uh, when we first started the podcast.
0: Yeah. All right. I typed in annihilation so, movie. Twenty eighteen. You were close. Yeah. You're right though. Yeah. So um, that's crazy. But. <clears throat> excuse me um so i watched a couple videos and sort of a conclusion i came to is there are three three types of endings that you could see this as uh okay reality he died that's it it's shitty suicide that's it True. the end uh no that's probably no, what happened no satisfaction um uh fant uh slanted reality that was a term a l- a couple of different videos threw around was that um, he actually can fly and does have powers, but the non-believers don't see it and don't accept it. And at this point, his daughter believes in him, and that was right. emphasized by. There's two scenes where you don't see it shift. So the end, the the, but the thing is, there are two endings, or there are two scenes where he has powers, and then you it doesn't cut to someone in there that then cut back mm-hmm. to them seeing normal life. Because, and right. an example of that is when he's trashing the room and like moving stuff and with without touching it and like things are getting thrown. He pulls an entire shelf down by pointing at it, not by pulling it down. And then Zach Galifnakis opens up the door and you see Zach's face. And then you go back to uh, Riggin, who is then holding crumpled paper. He's physically touching things that he was destroying rather than manipulating them tele uh, telekinetically
1: Yeah, he start. yeah, he just started. Th- yeah, I didn't notice that until you pointed it out.
0: Yeah yeah yeah. So that Jeez. doesn't have that doesn't get solved twice. The first scene in the movie when he's levitating and then he just walks over and he turns off the TV by pointing at it and then it's a Skype call. Another thing that dates this movie is that Skype calls are happening. That was the one uh, I was
1: like, well right now it's Teams <laughs> like everyone's is on Teams now and then right. you're like, ah oh, because yeah. at first when I heard it, I was like, oh, my God, that's the Skype sound. Like, yeah. I hadn't heard that in years.
0: Yeah, it's just it's it ages it just as much as hearing the generic iPhone ringtone in in movies. Yeah, and, um, that's true. But so, like, that's a scene <laughs> where a, there is no non-believer or bystander coming in to take us back to reality. And uh, another time when something like that happens is and it's not and it is acknowledged is. You know, we're brought back to reality, like you said, when he is flying and lands and then walks into Mm -hmm. the theater, but then hands back over and a cabbie is he didn't get his fare. So he's running in after for the taxi cab. Um, But this is one of the two scenes besides the intro where he's levitating. Mm -hmm. No one else interrupts it. You just see it happen. And then the movie goes on in this one. No one takes you out of the slanted reality of him flying, because if it did, then his daughter would look down and see his body but it doesn't because she doesn't, she looks around more than she looks up and doesn't see his body. She looks up and then smiles because since she believes in her father and, and loves him and accepts him for what he's done and who he is now, now she's accepting that he has these powers. That's the slanted reality ending that I have established from all of these. And then that's the, the top. F- one, though. The fantasy one, uh, fantasy in Riggins point of view is the other one. Like I'm kind of summing up so many videos I watched and that they're, <laughs> like I said, the director said like every amount of seats is the amount of interpretations, you know, right. Um the last one is super depressing because and one of it is that Riggan died on stage. He did shoot himself in the head. And then from then on is like his purgatory before he goes to either heaven and hell, heaven or hell, because. What he wants to have happened is acceptance from his daughter, his wife, his loved ones. And Every, his he got
1: everything in the last two minutes.
0: Yeah. So like the hospital scene, he's dead. And that's in his head yeah. that his daughter is happy now. It is happy true. With him, loves him. And then he can actually leave by jumping out the window. And she's still happy. Birdman Everybody, doesn't
1: say a word during yeah. this purgatory. Right. Right. So, right, right. so that's maybe th-
0: kind of the three Endings that I've established from the different ones here, whatever your
1: your your mental health state is, that's the ending yeah. you'll want to go with. So, right, right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, so and it was also what was interesting uh, in one of the videos I watched, Um, I'm sorry, I'm not giving credit. I just like kind of binged theories of this. so I don't remember who said what, <laughs> but uh, one of them mentioned like. Yeah, you do hear sirens like police and ambulance sirens and stuff, but they're like within seconds of his daughter looking out the window. They would not be there that quickly, you know, for anyone (laughs) having just jumped. Uh, I mean, they're
1: at a hospital, so maybe.
0: Well, okay, so that. Well, they wouldn't have that. Actually, that makes even less sense that sirens would show up because they're already at a hospital.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just be, be, be people running out there. Right.
0: So it's yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you do you have a theory on what actually happened or a a thought on like, did he just jump and that's it or what?
1: I think the just the ending is supposed to be open for interpretation. Like, yeah, it's fine. It's it's okay if movies are like that, like everything doesn't have to be so black and white. And like, this is how you're supposed to feel like you are allowed to think and have open mindedness when it comes to your form of uh, art that you take in which Mm -hmm. it's a double not a double entendre but it's just like oh that's the theory of this movie and that was what the whole theory of the play was supposed to be of as well it's like this is the this is the real art this is uh yeah i i don't know but i mean i really enjoyed it like you're you're lucky you got a co-host that loves depressing ass movies and uh like this is my jam so Mm
0: -hmm. if you're into emo music you'll love Birdman.
1: Um, uh give me one second my voice meter reset itself so give me 30 seconds i'll be able to hear you again reset. i don't have that's not it's good. the free version mm-hmm. of right, the potato fine. so get, give me one second i can't hear what you're saying i'll cut this out during he my part the free so my apologies the potato,
0: but really there is a voice meter potato i'm using a- voice meter banana and i'm gonna keep telling the audience about how Cool, it is to use fruit for your names, and then I'm gonna
1: burp. I, I have no idea what you're saying right now. Oh, good. Well, he'll hear. <laughs> so all you this could be talking maybe? all this shit on yeah. me. Like you can keep this in if you want to.
0: Oh, I will. Don't you worry. Corey might actually listen to an episode for once. <laughs> well, I guess I'm um, coming
1: through on your end.
0: Yes, you. I can hear you. <laughs> I. All right. For people that can't see the video, all I right, pointed to good. my mouth, my ears, and his I got. It. I'm back. Face. I'm back
1: now. I'm back. Great.
0: All right. Cool. Hello. Uh, Just joining us. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, no, I remember. I do remember uh, I mentioned how I bought this before you've ever seen it. Um, I do remember the first time I watched it. uh, I rewound and like watched it frame for frame because the way it's shot uh, the end when Emma Stone looks out the window, you still have part of the window reflection that she, like okay. of the window that she's in there's still the reflection so i kept like i was watching frame for frame i'm like i want to see is he, <laughs> I, and am i gonna see him fly away that's what i was looking for the whole time
1: no um, stop also, trying though, to break
0: the illusion also fun fact you cannot open windows in hospitals for this exact no, that, reason
1: that's what i was like mm, all right this is movie this is movie making right
0: yeah 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 that's for this exact reason
1: well us say same uh, with hotels
0: Oh really? Uh, I have. I guess I haven't tried to. Um, so, oh, let's see here. Uh, we've got some factoids. There were factoids galore for this thing, um, but the oh. And instead of opening the window, okay, I didn't close it. I minimized it. Get myself for a second. Um, I'll read through a couple factoids we, that I found on the IMDb. Take them all with a grain of salt, okay. as always. Uh, I kind of mentioned it, but carpet visible within several backstage corridor scenes is the same iconic hexagonal carpet used in Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Like it's not even like a reference; it is literally that red and white, or oh, it's is it like really? off white or something? But um, or maybe it's like a yellow. I don't know. It's the same pattern, though. Um, And the other factoid is there are only 16 visible cuts in the entire film, which is so you could tell like, okay, if they just kept a camera steady for one split second, there's not someone on scene or on in frame that you could have a cut there. You could notice a cut if you're thinking about it. Um, and then I'll just read through these other ones here. Given the unusual style of filming long takes, Edward Norton and Michael Keaton kept the running tally of flubs made by the actors and actresses. <laughs> Emma Stone made the most mistakes. Zach Galifianakis made the fewest. He actually did mess up a few lines during the filming, but played his mistakes off well enough that the shots were included in the film, which I think is very that cool. makes sense. And probably yeah. one of them is when he's like, you're the one that got me into this shit like that. I feel like that's his strongest scene when he's like almost breaking down yeah. into tears and then bringing it back. Like you fucking get it together. Cause I can't get it together. You know
1: what I mean? I'm the old, he, he goes, I'm the only one keeping this shit up, keeping this thing afloat.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. It's pretty good. Well, she really is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's doing more of the director's job as the producer. Um, But uh, and then the next bullet point here, similar to how Michael Keaton's Batman Birdman reflects on his earlier role as Batman. Edward Norton's character is a parody of Norton's own reputation for being very abrasive and difficult to work with. Um, So that's interesting. But also in an interview, Michael Keaton said almost immediately in the interview how like this character is so far from anything that I am. But that's why it was fun. And I'm like, okay, I feel like he kind of felt like he needed to say that also. Yeah.
1: I'm not (laughs) Um, like this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: And then I have a long one here because I'm a drummer. I even have in the notes here for Corey it says, Buckle up. Buckle
1: up. Uh, All right, here we go.
0: Here we go. Antonio Sanchez's celebrated musical score, performed almost entirely by drums, was disqualified by the music branch of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, the AMPA's because it didn't fit their tight criteria. Sanchez received a note from the award committee explaining the decision quoting Rule 15 of the 87th Academy Award rules and writing that it felt, quote, the fact that the film also contains over a half an hour of non-original, mostly classical music cues that are featured very prominently in numerous pivotal moments in the film made it difficult for the committee to accept your submission, end quote. So after Sanchez and Alejandro G, uh, one of the writers, had appealed this, a special meeting with the music committee was held, and although they had, quote, great respect for the score, considered it superb, they thought that the classical music was also used to scoring and had, quote, equally contributed to the effectiveness of the film and that the musical identity of the film was created by both the drums and the classical music. Uh, the Academy decision was not overturned. But uh, anyway, that all that in mind, the score was recognized with every major precursor award and sanchez yeah. did uh was awarded the grammy and the critics choice award for best film score and also nominated the gold derby award golden globes and the baftas so i wanted to point that out because like yeah and, and rachel did not like that she did not like how the score was like a drum set and not really a song and i was like yeah but that's kind of what jazz fucking is uh and yeah. um reform jazz genres. for sure <laughs> yeah not just jazz but different form different genres and stuff but it was like but you couldn't have anything else happening. Like, I don't feel like strings the whole time or like, I don't even no, know no, slam no. poetry happening. The guitar like, the
1: entire time.
0: Need to have like the rim shots and the cymbal swells and things like that. Um, yeah, it's it's just as strong as it's that. That's the thing is, like, I usually argue with movies that the soundtrack is uh, only powerful if you don't even notice that it's there, because that means it fits perfectly. But this one mm-hmm. is the opposite. But I would argue it's just as important. <laughs> so
1: it's interesting. Definitely. Oh yeah, the score's phenomenal. Like that's the one thing. Immediately you can tell like this score is different because it mm-hmm. just starts off with that drum. Uh, the the drums coming in. And I was just like, I I'm a sucker for jazz though. Like, I like that obscure jazz shit, so let me in there. I love it. Let me listen to it. Yeah,
0: it kicks in with the fucking credits. So, yeah, you kind of, you think at first, like, oh, this is a cool little gimmick at the beginning when it's, like, every note is a letter in the uh, first quote on the screen and stuff, but, um, and then this last thing is kind of just something funny and light. During a break in filming the Times Square scene, Michael Keaton said a crew member had his friend show Michael Keaton a detailed tattoo of Beetlejuice on his arm. And the friend then rolled up his sleeve and left, never realizing that he had just shown the tattoo to the actor who played
1: Beetlejuice. (laughs) Oh, we're in that day and age now. Isn't that funny? Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you're far enough removed and like haven't... Honestly, if you didn't see Michael Keaton in other stuff, you might not know that he was Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah.
1: Might be one of my favorite uh, roles of his that he's had. Like that that Beetlejuice scene is really good.
0: Apparently the sequel is happening and they've started...
1: I don't it care set. it doesn't exist in my world it doesn't
0: so. <laughs> need to and like most of the original cast if not all that's gonna be there it doesn't make sense Scotty if
1: this movie's doesn't taught us anything sense. we can create our own realities and we can live in a world where Beetlejuice 1 is the only one that exists the only Jurassic Park that exists is the first one maybe the second one and then <laughs> yeah, that's how I live my life now it's just shit that I don't like doesn't exist to me anymore yeah so. my
0: buddy a buddy of mine always says like it's a real shame my Chemical Romance never released an album after 3 Cheers for Sweet Revenge. <laughs> you know, stuff like that.
1: That's funny. That's um, funny.
0: That's real good. That is the movie and this is when we score it. So, lay it on me, captain. I'm going to give it uh, What are we going to give this like? Um,
1: I'm I'm going to do four uh turkey turkey rolled mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> turkey dipped in mayonnaise. Yeah. Or for, no, not for, mayonnaise, mustard, so I give it a four
0: out of five. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, what do I oh so sorry. Four out of oops. Four out of five
1: five mustard turkey wraps. Turkey
0: slices shoved in a mustard jar. Jars.
1: Poor man's uh, uh poor man's cold cuts.
0: <laughs> yeah, four out of five poor man cold cuts. Um yeah, that's uh, that's, uh I also give it a four out of five. Um, but what will I give it four out of five of uh, rim shots? There we go. Easy enough. Get rum shots. You dumbass rim. I typed, I typed, <laughs> That's I typed a- good.
1: <laughs> correct changed my shit from rim shots to rum shots. All mm-hmm. right. There we go. Uh, no, yeah, definitely give it a try. If you like artsy for artsy movie, give it a shot. Cause I think you will enjoy, if not, maybe not all the movie, but you'll enjoy a majority of it and you'll appreciate it for the, I mean, the art that the movie itself is
0: yeah it's it's a lot um so it and what attracted me to it was the literal one shot idea and it does that um and i had no idea what i was getting getting into but still really enjoyed it so um and it's interesting that um it's it's a good movie you can enjoy it and you can enjoy it even though it's depressing. Um, it was interesting that Rachel and True. I kind of connected on movies uh, outside of music. That's what we've connected with. And I love this. And she did not at all. And I think that's the first time. And this that's happened. OK. But yeah, but it's interesting. And it, I, I feel like it's worth mentioning because I'm not going to like change my idea of it or anything. Um, so it, it's good. Uh, <clears throat> that it's was good. a lot. What would you say?
1: It was a lot. I was yeah. just making fun of you.
0: So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm losing my voice. This was I was. I was wondering how this was gonna go because i had band practice yesterday and screamed a lot but um Woof. i'm an idiot with my throat that's what she well, said. we're gonna
1: get you some we're gonna get you some lozenges and wrap this shit up so yeah i'm gonna
0: go have some tea um some chai tea or tt tea tea. uh but uh that was that's from the spider-man <laughs> movie across the universe i got it okay there we go
1: i got it um
0: we don't have the I next movie it. picked yet. Uh, we never do. Um, this came out a little late because of that's life. when we do. And it's whatever. We're going to be maybe. We'll, well, we're on our own schedule because we we run our own show, bitch. Um, oh,
1: yeah, there it is. There's the punk coming out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I. Whatever. Uh, so that's it. And. We don't have anything. Uh, let's plug some stuff. I guess we do have stuff going on outside of this podcast. Yeah, we
1: got so. things happening. All that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I ain't got shit going on, so <laughs> I'm Great. I'm in the back. I'm in the background. I'm starting to work on some uh, stuff in the background. So just uh, follow follow this podcast. Follow me on Twitter. I'm on Instagram and all that stuff too. So, but all that's down below. Yeah. I don't really have much else going on. I don't really have anything any streams planned and all that because, like you said, life is fucking busy. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah which is perfectly fine. Um, I've got stuff going on, maybe too much, on the opposite side of that coin. (laughs) Uh, The Static Zone coin. I stream every Thursday, uh, and kind of randomly, uh, on other days if I feel like it, I just took my Dreamcast online for no goddamn reason and played some Quake. Um, I made it through Resident Evil. Yeah, made (laughs) it through Resident Evil, and that was a lot of fun. Um, But that's every Thursday. My Twitch and everything is through my socials. you can find it on there please come and hang out and also hit up my YouTube where I have done unboxings uh, and also about to do a new pickups video. And by the time this comes out, it will not be out yet, but I got that Tetris Chicken McNugget, and I unboxed that. There you go. Corey's shaking his head because that's all you can do.
1: I didn't know you you actually fucking bought it. I knew you shared it with us, but I didn't know that you bought that shit. I got one, baby.
0: Again, it's all in who you know because... Don't hop on eBay trying to buy something from China. That's all I'll say. That might sound worse than it should, but, hey, just trust me on
1: that. That's that's the day that we live in. That's the day and age we live in. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, So that stuff's going on. Uh, We're going to start having more friends and buddies and stuff on the podcast as well. We're going to Get their ideas for movies and things like that. And uh, Extra Life is still happening, and we're starting to ramp up for the big marathon in September. Um, But, again, just... Hit our socials, hit us up, share this, like us, review us. That does help us out. That lets more people know does. what we're screaming about online. Um, and all of that in mind, if you're getting a little bit of static, don't touch that dial because you are right where you need to be. The static zone. Oh, oh. yeah.
1: The sun decided to come out and fucking Twitch blind in me with his presence.
0: <laughs> hey, you like you're in prison now. That's no good. All right.
1: Oh, God, we're out. How did we end up here? This place is horrible. Smells like balls.
0: We had it all. You were a movie star, remember? Who was this guy? He used to be Birdman. I like that poster wrote this adaptation? I did, yeah. And you're directing and starring in your yeah. adaptation. That's yeah. ambitious.
1: Are you afraid people will say you're doing this play to battle the impression that you're a washed up comic strip character? Absolutely not. that's why 20 years ago I said no to Birdman 4. Hold the Thank you, do Birdman 4. Now you're about to destroy what's left of your career. We should have done that reality show they offered us. Shut up. Oh, I'm gonna grab up on your ass. fucking choke you out. Oh, you know I'm right. You're so nice! Hey, what's up? Why don't you try to rest a little bit?
0: Face it, Dad. You're doing this because you're scared to death, like the rest of us, that you don't matter. And you know what? You're right. You don't.
1: Baby, can you understand me now?
0: Sometimes
1: I get a little mad Don't you know no one alive can always be an angel When things go wrong, they seem to go bad. Listen to me. You're the original, man. Let's make a comeback. That's what I'm talking about. You're a bird
0: man. You are a god. Full of shit. Music. He's a Hollywood clown in a lycra blood suit. Yes, he is. But he's going out on that stage and risking everything.
1: It's about being respected and validated, remember? That's what you told me. That's how you got me into this
0: shit. I got a chance to do something right. I gotta take it. Let's go back one more time and show them what we're capable of. There you go,
1: you motherfucker. You fucking rock.